I'm gonna have some five hour energy. Knock yourself out. Yep. Go crazy. It's gonna I be a wild I show. I have got to where I pour it into water. Please. See, I'm scared of it because, like, back in the day, I had stack. You remember Stacker Two when Kenny? Oh my god! Yeah, it. it was like made out. And of I took basement. one of those for the first time because I was working an overnight and didn't sleep. I'm sure you had some weird reaction. Yeah, freaked you out. And... No, I had heart palpitations. Yeah. That's just mean, mean your heart was beating fast. Yeah, like it scared me though. That's just your heart rate going up. Yeah, I didn't like it. Heart, it, it, heart it palpitations just, and, and your heart rate. I, when no, it's like I, no heart racing. When you feel it going like this. Yeah, that's so not weird, heart dude. palpitations. No, I felt heart my racing. heart racing. I've ran around. Yeah, I don't like sports. it. Oh, when's different. the last time you ran around? Got uh, that yeah, heart I, rate up. Yeah, dang. Now I've heard it now all. Now who's saying the fat jokes? No, I didn't say that. He took it there. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Sunday I did. Mike saved me, too, because I was playing ball with Hudson at my mother's house. I saved you? Well, you know. Mike, you saved his life. You saved my life. Well, I'd like to my know heart that. rate was getting you know too far up. Him's like dramatic to the tent. Yeah. What? But, <laughs> how did I save you? He, no, I was just said, making a joke. He <laughs> probably said, man, you're looking a little flush. And he was like, you're right. I need to calm down. You saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I need to sit down and rest. Thanks, Mike. Oh, thanks, you Mike. saved my life. I was having heart palpitations. I felt like I needed to call you and, and settle you down and, and give you a work question. I felt like it was the time. I had one of those. Life-saving. Yeah. Life savings. You know, my head was too wrapped I had up one in of Myrtle those Beach. Feelings. You need to call Matthew right now. He's about to do something crazy. Run up a hill. He's about to run up a hill. <laughs> this is a production of Dirty Mo Media. I was doing. I was practicing my kickstart on the way over here, so I'm ready. All right, here we go. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. This is a special one. We got three guests today. Three yeah. guests. We've never had three guests. We've had two before, but we got three guests. And these three guests are icons. Jimmy Johnson, Richard Childers, Richard Petty. They're all on here for a reason, and we're going to tell you what that reason is later in the show. Let's get started. Richard Petty has won the 200th race of his incomparable Grand National Stock Car Racing career. for which you, though, you and those who work with you can rightfully be proud. This president comes to greet a king, Richard Petty, one of the great Americans. Richard, I'm proud to be at your side. Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt getting really fancy as he tries to break the draft, and Allison moves in. Earnhardt from Canapolis, North Carolina, comes off of corner number four and takes the checkered flag. Earnhardt has won again in 1987. Jimmy Johnson through three and four. Make room. Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. There's another seven-time champ. Jimmy 
might have won as many championships as Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt, but I will never be the king or the intimidator. I'm just a guy from California who always wanted a race. Like a champion. All right, everybody, we got three icons on the show today, and Jimmy Johnson is definitely an icon in our sport, seven-time champion, but he's still racing. He's yeah, still he out there trying to win some races and win another championship. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Great to be back on the show. See some familiar faces. It's been too long. It sure has. Um, how many Zoom Damn meetings? COVID thing. Yeah. How many Zoom meetings do you think you've done this year? I didn't know what Zoom was prior to March, and it's I can't even keep count. Yeah. Um, even pre-race now, the way we're working through our you know sponsor obligations and meet and greets is literally doing Zoom calls right up to the start of the race. Are so, you serious? I'm very yeah. Yeah, I was sure. wondering about that. We're starting to. I think it's interesting. We'll be. If we're in a rain field or, or anything like that, or even during the Xfinity race, we get a couple cup guys that'll drop in on Zoom. And so now, you know, I was wondering, what is the morning light? What's the race morning like for you guys? I showed up to the Xfinity race in, in Homestead and literally just sat in a car until it was time to go to, go get in the race car, right? For, yeah. Before the anthem. What are you guys doing now to try to fulfill some of those obligations? What's the morning like? literally traveling day of so the team will let me know if we need three or four hours prior to the start of the race to have me there and a lot of that depends on justin Algier. and if he happens to have a race that weekend and, and is at the track then i have three hours if not it's four hours um, just in case i had a problem at the screening side that they could uh change the seat and get justin in the car and ready oh, to wow. go okay that that sets my morning and then from there they just stack in the zoom calls how many Zoom calls? Like, what's what you are you doing? Like a everyone, everyone of your sponsors is it two or three? Because I remember so back in the day, way back when I was driving, um, I told them I was like two meet and greets in the morning tops. So do you kind of limit it, or is it like free for all? No, it's really a free for all. I mean, trying to do the best we can for our partners right now in this time. Um, you know, allies been very. Uh, creative and how to to take advantage of this they're you know they're a digital bank and a digital company so they're like sure we have a lot of ideas how to you know integrate this and make it work Uh, all the meetings that i seem to do from a team side are virtual now as well i don't even go to the hauler for that meeting so we do it on on teams microsoft teams and then uh you know any press that we do since i have so much time to track i'm trying to get my team to push all of my press requirements to that window because I just wow. literally sit there in the bus for three or four hours and making that my work day. Wow. The thing about that, doing media interviews on the day of the race, that's something else that would be completely foreign to us. It's it would. Yeah. We'd have never fun. done it. We would have never done that. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it opens up the week. I mean, I've got Monday to Friday. That's usually pretty, pretty relaxed unless a buddy calls and wants me on his, you know, diligent or download. But other than that, <laughs> everything's attractive pretty easy. <laughs> now, go back to this Algar thing. So are you still having, so, so it's been what a month, month and a half since you had tested positive for COVID, and Justin Algar filled in for you. So, but you're still got him on standby because of the screenings, even even this past week. Yeah, the teams really tried to be as smart as they could, or Hendrick Motorsports did. That's you know, obviously the the team I have a lot of insight with. 
but backups for over the wall guys, crew members, crew right. chiefs, drivers. Like we have a whole pro call and kind of a, a plan B if, if somebody was to fail. So as soon as we started going back to racing, Justin has been that guy for us. Uh, for all four Hendrick cars. So if any of us were to test positive or fail screening on the way in, you know, we're prepared with Justin. I think we even have a, a backup after that. Um, you know, if we had a couple drivers with an issue, it's Dale, right? Dale's the, Dale's the plan C, isn't he? I haven't seen his name on a list, but it better be, but now, now he's got a conflict with working in the, the booth. So I don't know. I'll be honest, man. I have had three requests have calls you? this, this year. Yeah. Hey, I did, well, uh, did hey, you think about it? I no, of course. Well, we haven't seen him in three races yet, so I don't know what the hell I'm that like, is. Oh, I'll holler! I'll holler across the house to to into the kitchen. Amy, can some, I? Such and such <laughs> asked me to drive their car today. How badass is that? Can I go, go play? She says that's cute. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> That's cute. That's her way of saying no. Yeah. <laughs> she has such a great uh, way to respond. Oh, yeah. Just kind of put it all in place. My wife has this, that same power, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the one thing that I think about for this season is, obviously, you announced it. Um, this is your last year. And, you know, I was so, you know, we chatted about this a lot, and I was so excited for you to experience that final year. And, because you deserve, uh, you know, in my mind, in my opinion, you deserve so much appreciation for what you've accomplished and the person you are, the accessibility and, and the way you've carried yourself. Everything that you've done from the start to finish has been A-plus, professional. And I was just really pumped for you to go through this process and experience it with with each track and each stop along the way, you know, because you're going to have fans' uh, interaction that you'd never experienced before all across the country from track to track to track, and they're all going to be saying, you know, man, I've came here to X racetrack, Chicago, Sonoma, wherever, and I'm a big fan, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing you run your last race. I, You know, a lot of people will be going to the racetrack specifically to see you run that final race, you know, and you you literally haven't been able to go through that process. Uh, I don't know that I've seen you comment a lot about it. I'm sure you have been asked about it, but – you know, what What have you thought about that? How frustrating or disappointing has that maybe been? What has replaced that uh, reaction or that, that experience? I know you probably still hear from race fans and you still have some sort of line of communication there to be able to, uh, you know, what what's uh, what's that experience been like for you? And, and I got a follow-up. There's a sort of a online push. <laughs> you know, led by you, <laughs> not by me. I don't um, know, but you know, for you to consider maybe coming back, uh, and I know you have thought about that. I know that you, you, I know you as a person, you can't read that and hear hear that and not not have an emotion or reaction. So, you know, can you can you answer all of that for me? <laughs> <laughs> I know try. that's a lot. That's a big ask. <laughs> well, I guess when I back up to you know, conversations you and I had about when might be my final year, you know, there, there's a process there that starts. And as you also know, when you, when you say it out loud that it's your final year, like you clear that hurdle. So all the, the stress for me, at least all the stress and, you know, thinking happened and I said it out loud, I put it in motion and there was this weight off my shoulders that, you know, this would be my final year. So with that, there's a lot of closure and 
no doubt 2020 is way different than any of us ever expected. Um, I am thankful that I had the first four or five races with, with the world being open and I was at my home track and really had just a, an awesome moment there with my family, you know, close to home, all that went into that. So I, I feel like that, that filled the bucket that I was after. I'm sure I would love to experience more and I feel probably more for my fans in this environment that, you know, we haven't had that exchange or that opportunity at track. We had a lot of special things planned, including fans, family, friends, all kinds of stuff. So there certainly is, you know, a disappointment to the way the year is, but, um, you know, I think on the, at the end of the tunnel, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel for me to get through this is knowing that I'm not done racing. You know, this isn't a hard out for me. Um, I'm totally open to running cup races next year, certainly looking at IndyCar, at sports car and a lot of other races. So to have that light out in front of me makes me relax a little bit on it and also feel like my fans will still have a chance to see me race. And, and I, and I know I'm going to be around and in this sport. So uh, it is what it is. And I haven't spent a lot of time dwelling on it, but um you know, I'm excited to finish up this year strong and then certainly know that once things open up in the future, I will be at a track racing somewhere. And, you know, those moments will, will naturally happen okay. when they do. All right. Propose this. Some Chevrolet driver is on baby watch. Right. And 2021 and says, you know what, Jimmy, will you be my standby? Are you, is that an is that a yes? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm open for sure. Whatever the situation is, of course, I want to be in a high quality car, and it'd be really tough for me not to uh, to drive a Hendrick car. I feel like that's <laughs> it's just something that I, I I've been only in a Hendrick car, and I want to sure. want to keep that going. So I would have to look at the opportunity and the situation and evaluate it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm totally open to it. That's so crazy. so what we're hearing is that you know there's still a chance that Eddie Gossage will still be able to give him the ponies. And, and everybody will give him the grain. I mean, there's a chance because he, you know, and he may be ending up there, you know, in another car or something. But, hey, the problem is, Jimmy, you're too humble. Like, like and I've said this to Dale Jr. at times. Both of you guys are too humble when it comes to retirement uh, and, and, you know, people wanting to give you guys your due. And uh, it's like, I, you know, I remember we had that conversation, Dale. It's like, Dale, man, just let let people do this it's for them as much as it is for you and, and all that stuff and you know the problem is you guys are just too humble about that if you guys were like rusty wallace rusty wallace would be like all right i'm gonna come back <laughs> I, and next year i want pyrotechnics and maybe some circus clowns on my uh, goodbye <laughs> tour so the, make it happen yeah. we are who we are and I, I think you know we there's something and i know rusty rusty was about the racing there's so i don't want to want to pick on rusty oh, but I'm i know playing. my own yeah but Rusty deserves it, but um, <laughs> we're, we're kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> the, uh, you know, I guess for me, it's really reinforced just how much I love competing. And, you know, I got into this for my own reasons when I was a kid and I didn't have success until much later. And, you know, I, I didn't have fanfare and, and people pulling for me like I do now back then. So, uh, I don't know, but the reasons I want to race are really my own. And, and I think Dale's very much the same and, and uh, it is nice to be recognized for all the work you put in, and but that bucket's pretty small compared to the competition bucket and why yeah. I really do it. You had the opportunity to get into IndyCar, um, and you had talked before that, that, man, I'm interested in this. I'd love to uh, explore this. You drive the car, and you get out, and you go, okay, checked all the boxes. I'm in. 
and, and yeah. it seemed like you were much more enthusiastic and confident in the opportunity, confident in yourself to go do it. I guess is that what happened there? You were able to go out and drive For the sure. car and say, "Yeah, I, I can do this." Yeah, and when I backed up to maybe two years ago, McLaren and Zach Brown at McLaren gave me an opportunity to swap cars with Fernando Alonso, and the experience just blew my mind. And they set up a proper test, and I, I got a full day in the car. Granted, it was an older car, not the, the race tire that they're on, but that that experience and being able to match Fernando's lap time kind of sparked some interest in my mind to, to try that and pursue it further. And McLaren's been very gracious to, to try to integrate me into various programs and look to the future about what we can do. We had a test date set up in April, and then the lockdown happened. And then through that, there was interest from some friends at uh, CGR to, to try to pursue a, a test session and just see what I thought. So, you know, a lot happened at, I think the third time I finally was able to go to the track and it was with CGR and the car exceeded expectations. My ability to sense and feel the car around the majority of the lap and and try to exploit time out of the car was something I was looking for. And and certainly things happen a lot quicker, but I could still, still feel and sense what was going on. And I think with enough seat time, I could go out there and not embarrass myself. So that's what I was really looking to do. And uh, just thankful that Chip Ganassi Racing gave me that opportunity. Scott Dixon was super cool, came and hung out. Um, Doug Ducart, who, who <laughs> some may know and certainly we know on this call, uh, you know, runs things over there. So a lot of familiar faces and friends, and uh, they made it very inviting for me. So when do the when does the conversations about racing a car, uh, competing in an event, when, does those, when do those conversations begin? And that's, that's all taking place now, literally following that test date, you know, it, it, it sparked what I needed. And, you know, I've, I've been able to tell the teams that I'm talking with that, Hey, the interest is there, you know, it's a tricky time right now with marketing dollars being hard to find and companies that are actually able to spend money on marketing right now with the COVID situation. So we're, we're out trying to find funds and, and literally trying to raise sponsorship funds to go run the full road course and street circuit um what you know schedule that that indy car has that, that would be my dream my dream world to run so you, 12 or 13 we'll get on indy car hold on we're processing we're digesting yeah. what you just Thir- said you said this 13? is good i think they have 12 or 13, 12 or 13 road, course road course races, races. you'd like to run all of those not um wow so yes that's that's fantastic yeah. i didn't know you were such a i mean there's a lot there i didn't know you enjoyed road courses that much to go do 13 uh, or 12 um, you know, we have Monarchs on our cup <laughs> schedule, but, you know. It's unfathomable for, to Dale, to, for anybody to want to go to a road course. <laughs> and I'm pretty good. When you drive a proper road course car, yeah. you're like, wow, all the ba- all the things that I thought were bad habits end up being good habits in a, in a car that's really designed to do that. Yeah. So that, that was Bahrain a couple years ago in the F1 car. I was like, whoa. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's an F1 car. It's an Indy car like that. And I got to drive a current Indy car, and I'm like, "Yep, it's pretty darn close." Wow. So, um, what about the and, and, and is this relationship with Chip Ganassi? Is that is are you you know are you forming that relationship or still looking for that team? Uh, how's how's how does that happen? I mean, what what or what do you have to be with a particular manufacturer? What's the what's the situation there? Everything's really open right now, and I'm, I'm speaking to quite a few teams. You know, there's certainly interest with, um, you know, my status and, and the switch and the interest that would come with that. Um, so I, I don't have a team narrowed down yet, but, um, 
you know, we, we have a lot of lines in the water looking for sponsorship to take to, you know, a variety of teams. There is the manufacturer conversation. Some of the teams I'm speaking to are Chevy, others are not. Uh, so that's something I have to consider and, and weigh out, you know, as time goes on. So it, we're, we're in that planning phase right now as corporate America looks to allocate funds. Yeah. And, you know, in the next four to six weeks, I, I hope to have some clarity on it. And there's not any ro- there's not any ovals that interest you? Not right now. I mean, 250 in a little go-kart. I'm not yeah. sure that's what I want to be doing right now. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the 500, of course, is – I mean, that's what I want to do as a kid. So I – it's on my radar, but I, I want to watch this year with their new, um, you know, windscreen, you know, safety mechanism that they have and, and see how that all unfolds. And then certainly a year in the car and I, to blow your mind again, I, I would sign a two year deal to go into car racing for, uh, you know, all their road and street circuits. So <laughs> 22, I, I would the, maybe look at the 500. Th- this is our answer on, you know, would you consider coming back to NASCAR next year? No, he's got too many, too many lines in the water. He's oh, going yeah. after this Indy. Good point. He's going after the circuit, man. Good he's going point. after the Indy car deal. This is, this is beautiful. You know, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that's like, you know, I watched all my heroes take a helmet and race anywhere around the world and try to bring trophies home. And then Fernando Alonso is probably the most recent guy to try that. And with my status and connections, why not try it? You know, and to add to that IndyCar mix, I mean, I'm open to run the marquee events in in sports car racing. I'd even like to go get dirty in an off-road truck. You know, I'm I'm pretty open to how this might shake out. So, uh, you know, if if I can get around a 15-race schedule for next year, next couple of years, I'd be really happy with that. Nice. Hey, you know what would be interesting is Jimmy's personality with those IndyCar driver personalities, which we've now been, you know, a little baptized a little bit yeah. into that, whether through the, uh, the, the iRacing race at Michigan. And then we were even having that conversation last week about the difference of personalities. They're not the same breed as NASCAR drivers. What about- Our vocabulary is way different to start with. Well, vocabulary, <laughs> yes, but I'm talking about just the persona and the, the – the switch seems to flip very soon for those guys, at least some of them. And, and it's entertaining. Yeah, I saw that too. in iRacing. racing, those guys go nuclear. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's, that's, Mike, that's right. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. We had, the, we had I, I had the exact same experience and Mike was, had his ear to the ground while I was in that uh, little IndyCar bubble. And, and we even talked about on the show last week with Hinch uh, about the different, the, the personalities are so v- varied right? Yeah. Uh, we're all in NASCAR. The majority of us are born in the United States. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, from coast to coast, it's different uh, cultures and so forth. But for the most part, we all understand what a block is. We all, in, you know, for, the, for the most part. Now, some people still don't know what one is. But, um, for the most part, we all know how to, racing stock cars had a, has a certain etiquette. And in any car, these guys all come from so many different types of racing like the way you race in Australia, the way their the way their approach to racing is, their aggression and so forth, what's okay and what's not okay is so different than maybe Finland or or Germany, you know. And, and everybody's taught a different way. And when you put all those people on the same racetrack, man, you get some combustion. Yeah, you get some wild reactions from these guys. You do. It's fun. What's amazing to me too is is the brotherhood that exists within. You know, that garage area amongst the drivers, I think it's stronger than the brotherhood in, in NASCAR. That's interesting. And then I also think they have a little thicker skin because, again, back to the racing, 
they stripped each other down yeah. in a heartbeat on the driver <laughs> chat, but there's still, but there's still that tight brotherhood. Like I heard stuff said, and I thought, man, these guys are going to fight, you know, if, if they were in the same city or, or country that they would, they would fight and yeah. you know, they're fine 10 minutes later. So it's a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, totally. That is, that is uh, some great points. And I think that that's something that I didn't know about the series that they should promote because I, that made me like want to watch it is to see those, know that those yeah. dynamic personalities are clashing. Um, Do you remember Will Powers' Double Birds? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. To, to the tower? I mean, to the tower. That, that, <laughs> that is as close as we have seen to the way those guys really kind of interact. That's a great point. And, and that they need, you're right, they need more of that. I mean, when, when, the, when a driver jumps out and throws Double Birds at the tower, I mean, that's like world class. It is. It's, it's there, and it's happening, and I think if they showed that yeah. more. All right, let's take a break from this conversation with Jimmy and because we, we really have something very, very important to talk about, Dale. Okay, always expect the unexpected on the show. I think our longtime listeners know that well. Here is NFL wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster, to tell us about his underwear. What? Hey, Download Listeners, Supervising Producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days, and Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. All right, let's get back to the show. Matthew didn't prefer doing it that way. I see. It. I take it. Well, but I think it's exactly how I want. No, that's exactly how okay. I want it. You seem uh, very disappointed. I'm telling. Hey, maybe I'm in a great mood. Take you that you way. kick me in maybe the nuts right gonna, now. You kick me in the nuts right now. I'll probably that. smile. Maybe everybody's gonna hear that and feel the same exact way. Okay, let's get back to the show. There you go. Ah! That was a good one. Ooh, whoa. Do I need to save your life? That was a little bit of activity. That was activity. I know that's a little Look bit out. more. Are you having heart palpitations after that? <laughs> So if you're, um, you know, if you got your mind sort of looking out forward at all the, all the neat things you want to do, what about racing in the Cup Series or racing stock cars? What, tr- what are you going to miss? What tracks are you going to miss? I, you know, there's so many experiences on track that, um, you know, I, I'll miss different places and things and the memories that, that come in. And I, I hope that the door doesn't close on NASCAR because, you know, if I get a phone call for Martinsville, for Dover, um, I even enjoyed the infield at Daytona. I think I'd rather race on the infield of Daytona than around the really? oval and the way plate racing exists. Yeah. Wow! But uh, you know, I, I would, I, I would be open to it. You're probably the one driver that's retiring today that would say, "Hey, if, uh, if Dover opens up." I mean, I'm kind of excited about a doubleheader this weekend. No too, so. <laughs> sure you are. Of course, dude. You wear them out at Dover. Martinsville now. for me is the one that that's hard to 
I, I when I watch Martinsville, it makes me really want to be out there super bad. Um, sure. So there's a couple. There's a couple tracks like that on my list. But Dover, Dover and Martinsville. But I think just to finish that thought, I think you know the on track experience in a stock car. You know, after chasing this for my entire you know, majority of my entire professional career. I feel very satisfied with the experience I've had on track. And that's, that's part of why I'm looking to try other things. But the one thing I, I don't think I'll ever be able to replace are the relationships and the people that I've met along the way and the family that is NASCAR and the family I've been around. So that's the part that when I you know fall asleep at night and think about, uh, that's the part I'm, I'm going to miss the most. There's no, no way around that. Yeah, that sounds like a cliche answer until you've experienced it, and that's something that we all went through as well. When you're not at the racetrack, and and Dale, you say it all the time. I mean, if if it wasn't for NBC putting you back in, obviously in normal times, not during pandemics and Do such, you but, miss... but 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 that was one of the things. Yeah. It felt like a hole for you, didn't it? So sure. When you're you know with the pandemic and your inability to practice, qualify, or experience a Friday Saturday traditional race weekend, those in my final year when I was sitting in the car on Friday for practice or Saturday happy hour or whatever, that was such a great moment that I really never appreciated it as a driver. All those things on Friday and Saturday were kind of obstacles to Sunday. Um, things that were unnecessary, a necessary part of the weekend I didn't typically really try to enjoy. It was just work. Um, the race was the, the, the reward. But then that final year, I would sit in the car on Friday and go, Damn, this is gonna be hard. You know, this is um, this will be something I miss watching the guys try. Me and the guys talking about the car, trying to fix this push or trying to get it to turn. And you're not getting to experience that. Has that crossed your mind at all? That you know, man, practice. I'm you know, I miss practice. Do you miss practice? I know you don't want five hours of practice. But the but <laughs> you the, bring up a great point. I don't think I really had a chance to get deep enough in the year to feel the weight of you know my last practice sessions at right. a place or a track, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't get there. So uh, now you're making me wish that I, I know, had man. that moment, but I, I didn't get there. I wanted to, I wanted you, I, that's what, that's the things that I'm, I hate that you're missing in this final year is those sort of realizations where you're like, I'm not going to get to tune this car for an hour. You know, those are, we don't think of that as fun until we, we know we're not going to be doing it anymore and yeah. i know you say you're, you know you're going to continue to race and you're going to find your ways to experience that as well uh beyond this this year but, but I, what i do miss so you're right because the the crew the crew said i haven't been in a transporter since it's at phoenix yeah. when things shut down like i i see my guys on pit road and there's maybe two at the car but that whole experience of working with people i definitely identify with and, and miss that think aspect. about that yeah just hanging out in the that uh, sounds the- miserable because of the camaraderie you know yeah. you want to right we have um you know i think there's this constant yearning to show your guys that you appreciate them and that has become in um, almost impossible for you now yeah because you can't be around the show and the accountability that comes with that and how a team and people in stick and ball sports can relate to it but that accountability in the team environment it creates i mean that's the that's a big part of the buzz that we you know chase and experience in this thing yeah I asked you why, you know, what tracks you might miss. If you find a little bit of money for the Xfinity series, we got a number eight car with a few open races, and it's got so much horsepower. You'll love it. <laughs> there you go. No downforce. <laughs> I am missing horsepower. No downforce. Right up your alley. <laughs> Five fifty. You can hardly see the spoiler. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking my language, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So you're on the. Can, can we get to the to paint scheme? Yeah. 
All right. Do whatever so, you want. this is so cool, man. I and can't believe you kept your cool this long, buddy. This is class. This is this is totally this really sums you up as a person when that you, when you sent me this picture, I was like no surprise. All right. You're you're a classy guy, very professional. And you know, throwback weekend is one of my favorite things about the sport. I was so pumped when it came into the sport. Uh, we get to see all these amazing paint schemes, and everybody's interpretation on those paint schemes is always a lot of fun. The crews get involved. This is next level what you are doing this year, and I don't know why it's not been done before, but I think that it may make people really reconsider how they approach the throwback weekend. And I may be overstating it because dad's involved, but, uh, you know, it's not been done quite like this. Uh, you are going to honor, uh, both Richard Petty and my father with your paint scheme. And here is a uh, picture of that right here. So if you can look at the car, um, that That is impressive, dude. This I, I'm seeing it for the first time. Really? Yes. I didn't hear. I I will let you hold that. Let's see this. Get a better look at it. Mike. The top of the car, obviously, is is Richard wow. Petty, and it's a mid-70s era uh, from his Dodge Charger. And Ally did such a great job on, on their flexibility for this paint scheme. Obviously, the side and the nose and tail is the black Jim Goodwrench sort of design. I, don't, I saw this, and I'm like, amazing. Brilliant. You know, you, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, you've, you've, nobody has combined multiple paint schemes in a throwback, and that's probably – not it doesn't it's not probably something that's presented an opportunity in the past but man what a great way you could have ran, literally you could have probably ran your own paint scheme hell i've done that and you know a throwback of yourself uh but you are the kind of guy that is going to go you know what there's two other seven-time champions that i got this so much respect for and i'm going to put them on my car and honor them in my final year i mean if that's not the most jimmy johnson thing ever uh, <laughs> we've been sitting on the idea and you know obviously with it being the final year it's so appropriate and i'm glad i'm glad we saved it because it is it's just, it's just fitting and right to do and then uh to play with the scheme you know it was split in a few different ways and then once once i sent you the text on it you know i think we we're able to really fine-tune kind of the the attributes that each paint scheme kind of had in them and uh, another just tweak I love on it is how the 48 is leaning like the three. And one of the early renderings that I never even sent to you, the 48 was leaning the wrong way. And I'm like, that's the way the 48 the leans. Hinder, the hinder but player, this, yeah. this needs to go the other <laughs> way. This is, we need the Dale lean. And then on the roof, it has Richard's fonts for the, the 48. So, you know, we, we kicked it around for a while and really dialed it in. And I, I think it looks awesome. And it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's the right thing to do in a sense, you know. And, Jimmy, and it feels right. It's perfection, buddy, and you're right. The The font for the 48 on the roof is the font for the 43 from that era. The door number on the on the side is the font for the black number three car, and those little details really matter, um, and you guys pulled it off. It's perfection, and uh, obviously I think the sport, the fans, uh, are really going to appreciate what you're doing here, and – like I said, I think it's going to send sort of the throwback idea and, and how people approach a throwback weekend. It's really opened up sort of this new this new way of doing things, I guess, this new approach to it. Sure. When you uh, thought it would have been exhausted by now because, I mean, like, you know, they've, they've resorted to going to eras to try to, you know, come up with new ideas. But mm-hmm. this is something that's, that's fresh, man. 
And did you go to Dale for his advice or for his approval, being that, you know, part of this paint scheme uh, was his dad's? Uh, initially more for advice, but I think both were, were on my mind. Um, you know, the great friend that Dale is, and then tying in his father, um, you know, that, that piece was kind of approval and uh, advice on, on that front. And then, you know, we all know his love of creating paint schemes for cars. So in general, I just wanted to see what he thought. And, and we made a couple tweaks after, after he looked at it. What's funny, we were going back and forth for a few days. And then I get a text from my PR person saying, hey, we want to loop Dale Jr. in for approval on this. And then maybe, you know, have the announcement take place on his podcast. <laughs> And I'm like, well, I, I think we're there. He's seen the car and he's approved it. So That's right. Let's roll. We've already, we've already, or fifty percent there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so, so pumped for the for uh, fans. These are the, these are the cool things that happen throughout the year that really make our sport great. And seeing you drive this car and and knowing, it just matters that a driver of your caliber or any of the drivers in our sport can appreciate the history. It just it really means a lot to uh, the fans in our sport that, that really invest and put their, you know, the fans that have been following it for a long time, the new fans that are learning about who these other drivers are that you're honoring uh, and who, you know, that throwback weekend does a lot more than I think people understand in really educating some new fans and also allowing some of our older fans to, to, to relive some of the past. Uh, and this is a home freaking run uh, grand slam you drove in everybody which by the way don't gloss over that i mean it's almost like jimmy's a politician here because in in divisive america jimmy has found a way to bring earnhardt fans petty fans and hendrick fans all together in one big <laughs> unity right big old group hug. we'll see if they're that's together. impossible we, we don't know yet. <laughs> and to satisfy dale earnhardt jr on a paint scheme which has also hardly ever been that done hard. the that's biggest hard. feather in the cap oh, right now wow without a doubt <laughs> Y'all crazy. good job senator johnson we appreciate it uh, <laughs> goodness well man we really appreciate you coming on and uh we're gonna have Richard Childers and Richard Petty, both Richards, we're going to get their take on this paint scheme. I can't wait to uh, see what they think about it. And, uh, Me you know, too. You're, that's another thing too, man. Going forward, decade after decade, you're going to have throwbacks of you out there on the racetrack. You know, you're going to throw back to, to Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty. Uh, what do, I'm going to ask them this question. What does that feel like? Uh, there may be some guys, obviously, this year that are going to be honoring you and beyond. You'll see your car out on that racetrack, a paint scheme here and there from from the years of your career. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I'm aware of a couple that we'll see through the Darlington weekend and the various series. And, you know, it just it fills your heart, in a sense, um, to have that respect paid to you. You know, you it's not an emotion that you, you just kind of drum up or you can feel easily. Like it just hits you in a, in a deeper way, in a real way that you know, you're being honored in, in that respect from your peers um, is, is the highest way to honor a race car driver or competitor. So uh, it's, it's really cool and special. And I'm sure it's, it, it will be a, an amazing gift that keeps on giving you know, in, in years to come. Absolutely, buddy. Well, you're, you deserve it and uh, have fun with this. I, what are you going to have? The regular mustache, man. If we mean chew. Where, where the hat? It's right behind oh, you. Dang. Yeah, you're going to mix it up. Yeah, you're going to have. Yeah. You're going to have some gargoyles with yeah, the, uh, with the king's hat on. 
<laughs> Got to put that thing on <laughs> on the grid, you're man. You're gonna have Let's, to have the mashup, a Petty Earnhardt mashup. <laughs> we got to workshop this, buddy. You're giving me some great ideas already. Uh, All right, man. Well, have facial fun. hair. I'll get it coming out. So. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy Dover. The doubleheader should be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get there uh, uh, Charlotte and call those races. I know you're looking forward to getting to that racetrack. Have a great weekend. You too, buddy. Thank All you, guys. Right. We'll see you. See you, Jimmy. Hey, everyone. Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here. Excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, everybody. Uh, we had Jimmy Johnson on the show earlier to talk about this new paint scheme that he's going to be running at Darlington for the Throwback Weekend. We got Richard Childress coming in to give us his reaction. How you doing, Richard? Great, buddy. I just saw uh, you know Jimmy's scheme. It's a great tribute to Petty and Dale Senior for sure. Yeah, I thought it was just such an awesome job for him to acknowledge. Uh, dad and Richard he is in the final year of his his career in in full-time cup racing and he's taking this moment instead of celebrating his own career to acknowledge two legends that that paved the way before him I I really think that says a lot about his character is that was that kind of surprising for you to to see this little bit of a nod to uh to some history that you were involved in no, not really, uh, Dale Jr. It's the thing. It, Jimmy's such a first-class guy, and he's always always been that during our sport. I mean, when you look at class, he is number one when it comes to our our guys there. And to recognize the other two previous champions with uh, seven championships, that's just Jimmy Johnson's way of a tribute to two great legends. You know, when you see a throwback of either dad or yourself there's been throwbacks to to your cars to cars you've owned how does that make you feel you know it brings back so many great memories you know to see what darlington is doing is history and i love the old nascar history and a lot of things that was that paved way throughout the history that gave all of us the opportunity to get out there and do the things we do and race today in the modern era but it's all the past history that we're able to showcase at Darlington and uh, to be involved with that and to be able to see uh, some of the great schemes of all the different cars, not just ours. It's, it's a, a heck of a tribute to our sport. So, you know, when dad and you got together, dad had Wrangler colors, beautiful race cars, yellow and blue, um, very recognizable. When Jim Goodrich came in, the paint scheme changed to a more um, iconic black and silver. Did the when the paint scheme changed, did the attitude and personality of the team change at all with it? Because Dad was pretty aggressive, obviously, with that Wrangler car, 
Uh, he got in a lot of dust-ups with that car <laughs> in 86 and 87. But, um, you know, when that black, when he got in that black Jim Goodrich car, he, he became the man in black. He became the intimidator. All those nicknames and monikers started falling into place. Um, did the team feel that uh, when you walk into the shop in 1990 and look across the floor and see all those black GM Goodrich cars, was that motivating and, and how different was it from the yellow and blue Wrangler jeans cars? Yeah, you know, Dale, you know, his he had already built his reputation as a very aggressive and uh, no, you know, he would go after it everywhere on the racetrack with a Wrangler car. Well, when GM Goodrich came to me to uh, do the deal. They wanted a blue and white car, and they wanted it to look like a brake box. And I wow. said, man, that's going to be horrible. <laughs> and I knew how that car got like that. So I took some uh, – I did one side of it with some blue and white duct tape, did the other side of the car, black with some silver on it with that. And Archie Long came down, the head guy, and I said, man, you, want, you don't want this. Or if you put that black with Dale, it's going to be history. And I said, you want it? You want that good wrench and the three to show up going around the racetrack? You want it to look closer to the track than this blue and yellow, blue and white. So that's how we ended up with the black car. But I think when the competitors looked in their mirror and they seen that black car, that was enough to intimidate them. And and he he lived up to the legend that he built. And it's so awesome to to just been a small part of that for sure. Man, are you trying to wrap your head around a blue and white I had, GM car? Because I have never heard that in my life. I hadn't heard that story either. I <laughs> that is amazing. I'm glad I didn't know how close Dad came to being in a blue and white, you know, GM Goodrich car. And that, I could not even if you'd have saw that car. I did the duct tape myself. I said, "Hell, we got to show them this ain't this isn't Dale Earnhardt here." Yeah. So. Uh, I went out there and spent a whole afternoon before they got there and that morning working everything up on the car. And uh, it worked out. It really did. Yeah. And uh, I could imagine us having to run a, a blue and white. <laughs> I, when you thought your appreciation for RC couldn't get any more, he spared hey, us from the dude, blue and white. I yeah. mean, it just keeps growing, man. He's the reason why we, he's the reason why we got the black we were that close. Good Wrench iconic we're, car. We were close. I it thought was, that that just came with the color. You know, that just came with the sponsor. That, right. Those colors were automatic. Right. Uh, I, I've only told that story a few times, but I figured you'd enjoy that I story. I did enjoy it. Before we let you go, man, I want to talk to, talk to you about RCR this year. Having a great year. Um, you've had some good speed in the new Chevrolet. Um, obviously, always looking for more speed. Um, Austin's got a win at Texas. Reddick has really stepped up his game. You guys got the chance to work with him in the Xfinity Series for a year, uh, so you kind of knew the talent that you had in, in Tyler. But, um, you know, he's really uh, – I think he's pushing the whole organization. He's challenging – I think the drivers are now working together to sort of raise the bar, challenging each other. What's the opportunity, I guess, for Austin going forward in the playoffs? He's locked in. And uh, how hard are you guys working to get Reddick the few points that he needs to get himself into that top 16? I think we're going to have to get Tyler a, a win. But he has Tyler bringing him up to the cup, and I knew it would, would help push our whole organization. You know, Austin drives off a of competition. He's got someone pushing him. He even goes harder. So having – there 
just helped our whole organization. Our, our engine shop has stepped way up. Uh, our, our aero department. We've got better. Chevrolet has got us a better car this year than we had in the past, and that's been one of the biggest advantages for our CR to have this uh, our new car. Yeah, so I remember Reddick over uh, a couple weeks ago mentioning that he's going to be back with the team next year, so that's all good to hear. I know Austin uh, is is out right now uh, getting over the COVID virus, uh, but we we expect him to return soon and, and get back on the track. But we appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today, Richard. We're so thrilled that you had a chance to come on the show and give us your insight on, uh, on this paint scheme that Jimmy's got here. We think the fans are going to love it. Uh, that throwback weekend, like you said, is a very special part of our of our sport, and uh, these are the reasons why. So, take care, buddy, and have a great week, man. We'll do it, and I think when you see the three car that we're going to uh, put out tomorrow, you're going to be blown away to look at it. Oh, yeah, the three car that we're going to be running the throwback down there is pretty awesome. I can't wait to see it. Also, can you give us any hints? It's going to a legend. <laughs> okay. Well, that? All right. There's a lot of legends. In, a lot of legends in the sport, man. But uh, this was one of my heroes back in the day, way, way, way back when. And uh, where do you see it? All right. We look forward it's to it. Awesome. Dude, I'm telling you, Throwback Weekend. Throwback Weekend is one of my favorite parts of, about the sport. So we can't wait to see it. All right, man. Take care. Thank you, guys. You do a great job on this show, guys. We, we miss having you in here. That, that was one of the most fun we've ever had is having you in the studio, and we cannot wait to do that again. Whenever we get past this uh, virus situation, I want uh, to, to, to do that again. That was fun. We'll make that happen. we got a lot more stories for sure. I All might right. even have one or two on Dale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Take right. care. See you guys. See you. Thank you. So I just got a uh, – I just got your message, Leah, and the, the paint scheme that Richard's talking about for the three car is a tribute to Junior Johnson. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Is it which which one is it? Like that kind of creamy? Yes, the white number three that Junior Johnson want, raced back. I, I imagine this is probably in the fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I see the number. Yeah, very cool oh. car. So it is going to be a good looking race car, and. Um, yeah, Justin I, Wampum. I'm telling you, man, the the, uh, the throwback stuff. Oh, yeah, the, the poultry stuff with Darlington is uh, is amazing, and I hope that it just continues into eternity. Uh, because, like, I don't know about you know, you might. I know you say you, it, it's been done every which way, but man, the the creativity and opportunity. I think there's a lot left in the tank. No, I'm, I'm Did you see that. the picture of it? I saw the picture. Oh, can we get Richard Petty in this show? Man. All right, King. (laughs) Oh, man, there he is. (laughs) That's awesome. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good, Chief. Good. All right, everybody, we've had uh, Jimmy Johnson on the show, Richard Childress. Uh, Now, finally, we have the man himself, Richard Petty the King. Uh, Richard, we're having this show, this podcast, and and, uh, Jimmy is going to do a tribute to you and my dad in the same race car. At Darlington for the Throwback Race Weekend. You're very aware of the Throwback Race Weekend at Darlington, and I'm sure you have enjoyed all of the various ideas people have came up with to pay tribute to your career. This is a new one, though, where, you know, there's two cars in one, two two guys, two drivers being paid tribute to in one vehicle. I guess what's your response about 
how the car looks uh, firsthand. I think you got one right there in front of you. All right, man. That's the first time I've seen that one. What do you think about it? I think it looks amazing. You look at it from the top, all it needs is 43 instead of 48, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so he used the exact same font, at least, uh, to mimic your iconic number 43. You know, this is probably, I think, mid-70s Charger. That is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the same. You put them colors together, it's like putting 43 on the side of the thing. Yeah. That is, that is, that's a neat deal. I like it. <laughs> okay, Jimmy, Jimmy's only connection is a number then, right? That's right. Okay. <laughs> He's trying to pay that's tribute. One, that's 21 championships, right? Ooh, that's wow. right. 21 titles all there in one car. A lot of heat in that car yeah. right there. That's right. Yeah, that's that's third, third of all NASCAR's ever done, I guess. What? Right. Maybe like 60, 70 years, 70 years, something like that. Man, telling you're spitting facts, King. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. How does that make you feel, buddy, to have, you know, when somebody pays tribute to you in one of these throwback paint schemes? You know, I, I don't really know. Uh, it's kind of a deal that, you know, you, when you did this stuff, you just did it. And that's when they added it all up, that's where it come out at the other end. And the uh, same time with, you know, Dale winning the championship or Jimmy winning the championship. But the only thing was that once I'd won seven, they had something to shoot for. Uh, you know, after I won the fourth and I think somebody won three, my dad, I guess, and some of them, a couple of them had won three championships. And after you won the fourth one, then there was nothing out there in front of you, you know, to, to really shoot for. But, uh, you know, to, to go back and, and say, you know, those, those three guys come by, at a little bit different time in NASCAR's history. And, you know, each one of them was kind of dominated their portion of, the, of NASCAR history. So, uh, yeah, I'm in pretty, I'm in pretty dead good, good company. When I'm with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, they are, I'd say the other way around. They're in good company with you, buddy. What's your opinion of Jimmy Johnson is you've, You've raced uh, – we all love Jimmy. We know he's a professional. But you've raced against some characters, man. David Pearson, Kale Yarborough, Bobby Allison. Um, of all the drivers that you competed with, who does Jimmy Johnson remind you of? You know, I, I guess when I look at it, it's sort of a combination. You know what I mean? As yep. far as being able to, to really drive hard when he had to, like like Kale would do. You know what I mean? Uh he was wiry, you know, like I guess Allison was. And he's pretty crafty like Pearson was. So, you know, I think you've got a combination of it. I don't think any one part of what I see with Jimmy coming out is is, uh, is any one person. I think it's a combination. Of, okay, this winds up, all that added up, that's, that's Jimmy Johnson, okay? Yeah. So I know that, you know, you really have surprised all of us over the years and the fact that you continue to go to the racetrack, you've continued to, con you know, every weekend we'd see you at the track and you, you would tell us, uh, you've told us on this show, you're like, I don't, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Well, this year, um, obviously everybody's limited. Everybody, nobody can go where they want to go. Um, you've had to, you've had to miss a lot of races this year. So do you, you know, obviously how's that, how's that, how's that been not being able to go to the racetrack and what have you been doing with yourself? Way back, uh, I'm driving a race car, trying to do some business and all that. So I retired from driving. And then once I did what I'm doing, been doing, 
I said, how am I going to get out of this? You know what I mean? How am I going to retire from going to the racetrack and all that? And then all of a sudden this disease comes through or whatever it is. And I can't go. And I say, you know, this ain't all bad. <laughs> uh, and, but the big deal is, uh, you know, I've got a couple of TVs at home. Uh, I got all the electronics and stuff that the guys get in the pits and stuff. I got that at home. So I sat there and watched the race, probably see more uh, at home about what's going on and how it's developing, the race is developing than I do when I go. But, you know, I, I just always travel. I, I just love being around the racetrack and, uh, I don't know, it's sort of like a, a farmer, uh, you know, you don't want to leave the farm. And I guess that's me. What did you think about the Daytona Road Course? You've been around this sport a long time and hadn't ran that road course. It's been there, but they haven't ran it for for decades. Um, did you enjoy that? Did you think they ought to keep doing it? Yeah, you know, we, we ran the uh, Daytona Road Course in 1960, mm. uh, but we were backwards. We ran the, the other way. They had yep. uh, the Grands or some kind of compact car race or something. And I think I made two laps in the race and crashed, so that's my experience at Daytona <laughs> Road Course. Uh, it wound up being a, being a pretty interesting race. Uh, you know, it's, it's the same course except for the dog leg in the front. Yeah. Uh, the way it is when the guys have run 24 hours and stuff. And, you know, some of the guys that had been around it before had a little bit of advantage, but still winds up to, you know, what what can you do on that particular day? Uh, it, and it was, it was pretty interesting. I was talking to Kyle, and Kyle said it was a fairly easy road course because it was not any just uh, dead in places where you couldn't see what was going on, right. you know, over the hill or around the corner. So, uh, you know, he, he drove a couple of 24 hour races down there and he said it was a fun racetrack. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned in that you and dad and Jimmy all had your own sort of, your own sort of decade or, or period of time in the sport separated from each other where y'all dominated. Jimmy's retiring. Who is the next guy? Who Do you see any of the drivers out there that can win seven, that can that can be that Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson dominant guy for uh, for a couple decades? Do you see any of those you know, drivers in the field today? There's somebody out there. Who it is, nobody knows. They don't even know their sale. Uh, you know, Fate will come in, say, okay, you know, it's your turn to kind of uh, carry it NASCAR on your shoulders. Yeah. Uh, even I don't think I ever thought about it. Ever. They, uh, Dale thought about it, or even Jimmy thought about, you know, carrying really NASCAR being the very, very front. But uh, somebody will show up, uh, and they always have. I guess I put it that way. I mean, you know, to begin with, you had a lot of different different guys, and and I came along in a uh, an era that when you look back at the records and, and what the people accomplished, the crowd that I came through was a more most accomplished crowd than when Dale came through or when Jimmy came through. Those guys had won 70, 80 races that I was racing against, and there was three or four of them, uh, you know, Pearson with 100 and some, uh, you know, then you had a couple more with 80, 85 or something like that. So uh, it was it was a very competitive uh deal and not that these other periods are not competitive because they always said you know they give you a, a chance to come to the race uh, and, you, and you come to the race and you know whoever's there you got to try to beat them and so uh, different competition from different times so there's never any way to compare 
anything that Jimmy done against what I done or what, what Earnhardt done because different people, different period, different times, different cars, different circumstances. So uh, it's just we done our thing in our time, and I guess that's the way you look at it. Hey, King, uh, you know, I can't help but notice in the past couple of weeks, you know, business has picked up for the race team, and uh, we've seen some announcements, and obviously uh, Bubba's been in the news. How's it been lately with the business? Is it is it what we see on the outside? Does it look like – I mean, is the opportunities now uh, – have they increased like they seem they have? Yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of rumors that you hear <laughs> – you know, but we've all also been able to make a couple of announcements with, with a couple of new partners and stuff. And uh, so uh, from that standpoint, it, it makes us feel good that we can finish up this year, you know, get ready and start next year. Uh, from a standpoint that we think we can be a little bit more competitive because we feel like we can uh, spend a little bit more time working on the car, spend more, more money on the race car and the people around it. And uh, so I, I think uh, – Richard Petty Motorsports is really looking forward to, to getting all this together, uh, getting ready again for next year. Uh, even though we're running basically the same car that we ran this year, uh, there will still be some few changes and stuff. And uh, hope we can get ahead of the curve a little bit. Might be able to hire a you know a couple more engineers and stuff that tell us what the car are doing besides what the drivers telling us what it's doing. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, where are you at right now? Where am I at? I am at Petty's Garage and Petty Museum at the original Richard or really Petty Enterprise uh, shop that started in 1949. So uh, I'm sitting in a building that was built in 1960. That's, that's okay. what I need to. That's what I need to come see. That's what I thought. That's where I thought you were, and I was hoping you was going to say you, that. You never, you never been over here and checked this out. Never been there. Well, I want to go. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to bring your cameraman. And all y'all guys, and you need to come over here and, and spend three or four hours just looking around, just seeing, you know, where it all started. 1949, it started here. So this is the original shop from NASCAR's or the Cup stuff. Uh, this is where it all started, man. This is history here. All right. So, uh, you yeah. gave us the invitation. Well, y'all, need, y'all need to get your crap together and come over and check <laughs> You gave us the invitation. We're on our way, man. We're going to come do it. We'll bring our cameras, and we'll we'll get it all captured. Well, man, all right, I, man. Yeah, I appreciate you giving us some time today. I know you're a busy man. Okay, you, got, buddy. you got a lot of great things to do. But all right. Stay well. We will. You too. Take care of yourself, Richard. Good man. Thank you, guys. That was good. What was cool about that was to see his natural reaction to seeing it for the first time. Yeah. You could tell that, you know, even for a guy like him that's seen and done everything, that that kind of gives him a kick. Yeah. All right, it's time for Valvoline Originals. Ooh. Some race cars just stand out more than others. Udders. <laughs> <laughs> but today's about Jim Udder. Tell us your just, favorite thing about Jim Udder. About cows. <laughs> Udder. Yeah, I went with cows for that I one. figured you did, Leah. <laughs> Being the farmer, you did. Being the farmer, you <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> We've talked about cool schemes uh, before on this segment, and today let's talk about the bodies that make those cars look so good no matter what type of race car or division what kind of series uh, that you run somebody seem to be unique iconic and memorable some may be just cool uh, just a cool maker model or something that just stuck out to you in the way that it looks on the track which is kind of the same thing <laughs> let's go around the horn 
Mm. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? Mm. It's a baseball term. Around the horn, man. It's like I know. a like around the t- Let's go room. around the horn to steal a phrase from everybody <laughs> and share some of our favorites. Some of our favorite makes and bodies. Is yeah, that just right? bodies Mike, like if you ever saw a race car that was just so, so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've got a few already top of my head. Who's ready to go? You you go first. Who's you ready? Go. You are. Who's that, ready to go? I can tell. I'm ready. Who's There's ready? No question about who's ready. Raise your hand if you're ready. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the Laguna. So I'm gonna say 76 Laguna Chevy 76 Laguna. Yeah. I was driving that to work the other day, and Jeff Burton goes, "What kind of car is that?" I was like, "Wow, Jeff Burton doesn't know what a Laguna <laughs> is. Amazing. <laughs> this thing's more obscure than I thought." Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah, the Buick Regal Grand National. Okay. Probably 1983. One of the most successful Buicks that ever raced in stock car in a NASCAR. Everybody won with that thing back in 82, 83. Um, you know, a few people, like my, my dad, they went to, uh, when, the, when they downsized after 1980, and then went to 1981, a lot of guys went Buick, a lot of guys went Pontiac. The Pontiac guys were sad. Mm. Buicks destroyed them. Man, that Pontiac was ugly. 1981? A little bit. Yeah. You can see the disgust on our heart's face. <laughs> Having to drive that boxy little thing. <laughs> um, is there a reason why? This is your car right outside our window here. And what is this This make? I mean, this is your oh, restore project. Golly, Did you know this? I didn't even see it sitting You didn't? There. It's freaking it's beautiful. beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh my gosh. It's right outside My heart window. rate went up. It's ready, <laughs> it's ready for uh, decals, which should be here soon. You know, Darlington's on the way. Those fenders look good. I, I would say uh, the Nova. You know, all of those cars from that particular era of the um, Grand National Series or the Sportsman Series, the Ventura, the Nova. I loved all those guys, all those cars back then. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody else can chime in here at any moment. Uh, the, the, any moment. The, but, but, but honestly, this is your wheelhouse. This, I, is, this is your wheelhouse. I, I, I wonder where your mind is. Monte Carlo. 76. Seven old Cutlass 442. Yes. yes. Oh, what about the Cutlass uh, from what 81, 82? That um, yeah, the sm- the smaller one with yeah. the slo- uh, the front AJ of it that kind of sloped like that. AJ Foyt. Yeah. Is that no? Buddy, Buddy Baker had one too. Uh, the white eighty eight. But AJ's look so much better for some reason. And they look cool as a street car too. The like my brother I had an eighty three like Cutlass. Car. I didn't like it as a no, street car. I liked it as a street car. Interesting. You just pointed. You just made me realize that I didn't like that car as a street car. Yeah, well, hey, I love the Buick Grand National as a, as a street car. Yes, beautiful. What, what about you? I mean, are you, are you going to start three off My three are obviously one. Yeah, I mean, of yeah. course. I mean, like he basically said some of my favorite Grand National cars, but you know, uh, I'd look at Gary Belue's. Um, uh, late 70s Camaro, the one that uh, became so famous at Speed Weeks with yeah. the radical fenders and the, the radical aero package that was built on it, you know, that kind of changed late model racing. I look at my hero growing up, Charlie Jazombeck's low-slung, homemade-built Vega modified. And then as far as stock cars are concerned, I had one car as a kid that just captured me, and it was a figure-eight stock car that was this really chopped-looking maverick. Uh, it was a red car driven by Chris Young and then Jerry Bowers, and it was just the way that it was cut, like almost late mm-hmm. model sportsman, where the it was cut down low and the fenders were cut out, so mm-hmm. the wheel was kind of exposed. I really like that in a race car. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of those sportsman cars had that. Like yeah, fender tires stuck out. So w- let's talk about this. Uh, just quickly. Yeah. What's the latest 
Cup Series model of car that you liked? What's the latest? What's the what's the? It's got to be the car tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kidding. <sighs> Go ahead. What is it? I like the I like the noses of all the Camaros, and I like the nose of the Challenger when the Challenger was in NASCAR. The rest of the body yeah, from the no, from the nose back, I do not like. Well, then you can't can't name those. I don't. You know, I don't like, like the modern cars besides the noses. Be, you know, I would say the 2004 Chevy. It's probably the last Cup car that I really liked the yeah. body on. I'm trying to think back. Yeah, you well, you would like that body, wouldn't you? Is <laughs> that, that the Monty? Good, you, you, I just thought it was a lot of cool looking car on the track. All the twisted, the twisted sisters they call them. Yeah, cars all warped. You know, they moved the bumpers around. I got gotcha. you. Know, and things just weren't where they were supposed to be. I thought those cars looked cool on the racetrack. Hey, you know what, Matthew? You'll be proud of me. So a buddy of mine has started a race team in Arkansas, and it's one of those ICMA modifieds. Yeah, MCA. Yeah, okay. Is that what you say? Yep. And they just started. And uh, I'm I'm really taking a liking to this. I I really want to go watch those races now. Oh, they're great. They look fun. And so I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, I I would have said probably even as late as a year ago, I was like, those are ugly cars. But now I think they're really cool looking. All right, Mike, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, Mike goes out on the limb and goes with a modified modified guy. Mike opens up his world. I know that's nothing new for you guys to have buddies that start a race team, but Spencer Andrews was a PR guy. That is new. Yeah? That is new for me. No, it's not. You, you have I can't remember stuff. the last buddy of mine that started. I mean, l- l- listen, s- seriously, I know you're joking because there's nothing- a, everybody. Everybody in this race shop probably has a race car that they run, you know, on the side. Uh, not drivers. I'm talking like you know mechanics and stuff. Uh, but that, you know, I, no. Spencer starting this little race car. He had a midlife crisis, and so he just <laughs> decided he was going to go start a race team. And Mark Martin gave him a driver. Mark Martin recommended a driver, and uh, this guy uh, oh, he went out and it? won. His first race, Damn. like, got a $10,000 check. That's amazing. You're going to start one? I'm just going to live vicariously through them. Hey, if you're looking for a driver that wants to get his heart rate up, you, I'm you're the guy. guy. <laughs> you should start a team, Mike. You always had this idea that it would be fun to get, <laughs> like, have a, have a car that would you spent no more than $500 on, right? Mm-hmm. And you go race it. Hell yeah. And that is kind of cool, right? That would We'd be kind of fun. Like owning the track and own, you know. Well, that's when we were talking. We were, we were talking about you know creating our own series we on were. your own track, yeah. and then it's like you could enter a car, but you couldn't spend more than five hundred bucks on it. That's right. That seems Would you fun. have a claimer? We just had a claimer. That's how you yeah. kept people down. Yeah. And yeah. and I'd be honest like with you, that. the track's probably going to buy the winning car every week, <laughs> <laughs> and then turn around and sell it back. Hey, to somebody slow. <laughs> yeah. Sell it back to sell it. You know. Maybe one day we do that. Yeah. All right, many body styles have made race cars original, and Vaveline likes talking about things that are original. Vaveline invented motor oil, and they invented racing oil. They haven't just made their mark, they set the mark. Vaveline, the original motor oil. Guys, we are... It looks like we're live. Uh, I had working down there on my house. Me and oh. Sonny went down there and worked on it. Yeah. I busted my nose. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Well, I scratched it real bad. Yeah. And, and my... So you had to cover well, it up. Tell, <clears> tell everybody. Yeah. We live. All right. All right. So um, I was telling Mike that I <laughs> went to uh, work on a house and did some awesome, awesome work on it, yard work and stuff. But I scratched my face up a little bit and I had to wear some makeup this weekend. Nobody could tell. Anyways, we're live. <laughs> 
uh, for the Ask Junior portion of the uh, of the podcast. Now, don't 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 uh, forget that the Ask Junior portion of the show is brought to you by Xfinity. Uh, I'm a customer, and um, very happy customer. Very stable internet. I can't say so much for some of the other internets that I have. So um, <laughs> during all the the weather that we've been having uh, most recently, my uh, my my Xfinity has been durable, um, and they're a great partner for NASCAR, the premier partner for NASCAR. So <clears throat> we appreciate them for supporting our podcast. We thank all you guys for tuning in to uh, to this segment and uh, supporting our show. So let's get started. Leah's going to bring in the questions. You guys, I'm sure, have had some great ones over the last several weeks. So let's get started. Yep, first question coming from James Daly. After watching this weekend's races, should NASCAR put the Daytona road course in the rotation or just use it for special events and rescheduling purposes? That's a tough one. You know, I kind of went back and uh, read, I, for you know, in, in a rare case, I don't do this all the time, but I went back and looked at reaction to the race. There was a lot of reaction to the race itself. There was a lot of reaction to the broadcast. Um and uh, I kind of went in different places, not just one social media uh, group. I went to different, because each social media platform sort of has a different vibe to it. And, uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of people that were there in person thought it was a great event and really enjoyed watching it. From what I could tell, the people that sat in the stands enjoyed the show. Um, there was a lot of frustration over the broadcast, particularly us cutting off at the end because we ran late on our lightning del- on that, the lightning delay. We ran into light, uh, evening news, and, and there was already hockey going on on, on uh, NBCSN. Uh, so that was really unfortunate and upset a lot of people. So it's hard for me to really understand. I think seeing the event in person was good, but I don't know that we were able to give it its due on the broadcast, um, doing these broadcasts from Charlotte have been really difficult. Um, we don't have as many staff, you know, when we're all at the racetrack, I can look out the window and I can see everything that's happening on the racetrack and I can see a battle before it even develops. You know, I can, I can, I know if a guy's faster, even though he's a straightaway behind, I'll kind of keep my eye on that and go, all right, well, he's going to, it's going to be a battle in a minute and I'm going to take us there, uh, when it happens before, you know, so we can watch it. We don't have that ability anymore, and I'm basically, you know, we're basically calling the race that you see on your screen. We're call, we're just calling that action. We just don't have the opportunity to to, to take us to different places. Uh, so I don't know that we were able to really give that event its due, be able to really, you know, nail it like we, we typically do. Uh, Three-and-a-half-mile road course, there's a lot going on around that racetrack. Uh, it's probably one of the most broad, uh, difficult, challenging broadcasts that I've ever been a part of. I, honestly, if so, some people said some people felt like, well, you know, the cars got spread out. There was at times, you know, the the leader had a big lead, or the top three would be separated by quite a lot, and we saw that as well in the Xfinity race. You know, as soon as the Xfinity race started, I think after four or five laps, everybody was pretty spread out, and that was actually looking <laughs> for me looked like a lot of fun because you can really just go out there and and try to put together great laps and not, you know, not get defenders knocked off in every corner like at a road course like Sonoma or somewhere where you're constantly, you know, sort of battling and 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 around other cars. You don't really get spread out that much at those tighter road courses. But at the 
uh, at these bigger tracks, they do get spread out. And if you understand that going in, I think you expect that, then you're not going to be as disappointed when you see those big gaps between the leader or second or third or fourth. So that didn't bother me as much because I expected that. I'd been to the 24-hour race there before. And, and man, when they drop the green, those guys, they get spread out. Um, not only do you have cars in different classes, but, you know, everybody sort of is on their own pace, running their own race to get to the end of a 24-hour event. And so the track lends itself to a little bit of that. Uh, and the inexperience of the drivers also lended, uh, lended to that as well. So um, I'd watch it again. Would I take away, I guess the answer is, would you take away one of the plate races there? Absolutely not. I would not take away one of the um, – I wouldn't take away the, the Firecracker 400 in July and replace it with this road course race. Never. Well, we, you know, they moved the schedule around, but the final race of the regular season is this Daytona, you know, plate race that we're all anticipating because it's going to be the last opportunity for somebody to sort of win a race to lock themselves into the playoffs. I'm not losing that for a road course race. At Daytona, and I don't think we're going to end up going to Daytona three times to allow us to have an additional road course race there in the future. I just don't see us going to that. If we can get back to you know running the schedule as we want and going to Watkins Glen and all the places, this one's going to have to probably drop off. And now I'm a little nervous. Uh, if I'm going long on this, and I'm sorry, but I'm uh, I'm a little nervous about the clash. You know they're going to run the clash on the road course. Uh, they've done everything but what I've told them to <laughs> with this clash. Um, they changed the platform around and how you get in and how you can't get in, and now they've taken it from the 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 you know the oval to the road course. And we just saw what the road course is going to be like. Now imagine half the field out there. I'm not I'm not that inter- I'm not that excited about it. I just am not. You know that needs to, that clash. I'm telling you, it, it needs to be <laughs> 20 laps pole sitters only whether it's seven cars 12 cars i don't care it's it it, you know you earn your way in by getting a pole obviously there are no you know pole sitters this year but um i'm nervous about the clash um catching more hell for not being a great race uh going to this road course because that's supposed to excite you yeah it's supposed to be a short sprint battle from lap one to to 20 in my in my in my view and I don't know that we're going to get all that. So, you know, the IROC guys, I had forgotten about this. They ran on the road course once. Remember? IROC ran on road course? Yes. Yeah, Martin Truex Jr. raced in it. It was 04, 06. They didn't go back. Must not have been worth going. Must not have been that great having, you know, 12 IROC cars out there, right? Hmm. So, anyways, let's get to the next question. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> next question coming from um, Higgy. When are you hopping back on the iRacing stream? I haven't seen you yeah. on Twitch in a while. I haven't been on Twitch for a long time. Um, you know, it just, uh, I really enjoyed doing that, and I still have my stuff rig, everything set up, and I'm ready to just mash the button, and I'm ready to go. Uh, I haven't um, haven't gave up on streaming, um, but with uh, we're only less than two months away from our due date, for our uh, second child so um i've been trying to you know i don't have i just feel like you know amy works all day long taking care of isla 
being pregnant and uncomfortable and I get to go do a podcast and I get to go to, to the broadcast booth in, on the weekends and, and have fun with my buddies um, and I get to run around doing those things while she has an obligation, right, to to carry that child and, and watch Isla and she doesn't get to do what she wants. Uh, so I feel pretty bad to be able to come home uh, and and jump on the jump on the Twitch and start streaming uh, me playing me playing iRacing. I feel pretty bad about doing that. So I haven't. And there's been a lot going on in the world. There's been a lot going on in our all our lives, and it's just been uh, not been opportune for me. But I have it all. I'm, I miss it, and and it was fun because. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation, you know, following the chat and just, uh, you know, be bopping along and, and running a few races and laughing and carrying on about what was happening out there on the simulation. But um, certainly um, I, I check in. I've been getting on iRacing every, you know, at least once or twice a week and maybe running a few practices and some races and stuff. And Nashville, uh, the, the fairgrounds is right around the corner for release. Cannot wait for that. Um, they got a lot of great things in store too, so – yeah, I can't, you know, I don't know when I'll be back on Twitch because uh, when the baby's here and all that, I mean, I just don't know when that's going to happen. It might be a while, but I'm I'm not, I haven't, shut, I haven't closed the door on it. Next question coming from Joshua Seda. What was your first live concert and who do you still want to see live that maybe you haven't seen yet? Hmm. My first live concert was Moody Blues in Chicago both playing at uh, Charlotte Amphitheater. I don't even know what it's called now, Verizon, or uh, I don't even know what it's called, uh, Domino's. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, my, I went with my sister and her boyfriend. The, it was Charlotte Race Weekend because I remember we were staying in a camper outside the condos. Dad and Teresa were staying up in the condo, and there was a camper, like a, a fifth wheel or something, down in the parking lot, and me and Kelly and her boyfriend were staying in that. And one night – we went to the amphitheater and watched Chicago Moody Blues, and I was just kind of going um, because I had nothing better to do and definitely didn't want to sit around in that toter home and, and hang out. And ended up going, and when I heard Moody Blues opened up and when I heard them play Nights in White Satin, I was like, that's the greatest song I think I've ever heard. And it sounded as good there as it did when I played it back on my, you know, on the radio. Um, their, their concert was amazing. Chicago, obviously, I, I recognized all the songs. That was 15 at the time, so I wasn't a huge fan of either of these bands, but I knew who they were. Um, it was an amazing concert. Um, who would I like to see? I almost mm-hmm. went to see Nirvana play in Atlanta mm-hmm. at the Omni. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to school at Mitchell Community College Automotive Technical School, Standing there with a buddy of mine, we had talked about going. And that morning, he we get the we get to school. I'm pumped. I mean, this is crazy for me, out of character. I'm gonna drive to Atlanta with a friend of mine. We're gonna buy. We're gonna figure out how to get tickets, and we're going to see Nirvana. And uh, he backed out. We get to school that morning. He's like, "Man, I ain't going. I don't want to go." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" And so we didn't go. I was so mad. I'll never forget that. But um, I love going to concerts. And, you know, Danger Summer is a, uh, some guys that I've, I've become a big fan of over the last six years or so. And anytime they're in town, I try to catch one of their concerts. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a long list of bands that I'd like to go see. 
All right, that's all we have time for today, Dang. guys. Well, I know. You got to be fast in our sport, and Xfinity knows a thing or two about that. With Xfinity, get blazing fast Wi-Fi without any pit stops. Xfinity X5 delivers the speed, coverage security, and control that you need to stay connected to NASCAR and Dirty Mo Media all season long. This is beyond Wi-Fi. This is X5. And keep your questions rolling in to at Xfinity Racing and at Dirty Mo Media on Twitter using the hashtag AskJunior for a chance to have your questions answered by Dale Jr. himself. We're proud to partner with Xfinity, keeping us all connected to the sport all season long. Shout out to Xfinity, premier partner of NASCAR. Boom. Last call. All right, guys, last call. What a great show. That was a lot of fun, Jimmy Johnson, Richard Childers, Richard Petty, Valvoline, Ash Jr., everything. Really good show. That's right. Young blood's got no sense of history. Well, uh, in last call, we like to talk about Lost Speedways. (laughs) Last week, Justin Shelby... He gave us his negative review of Lost Speedways on Twitter and said that we promoted it too much. So, Justin, we won't tell you to go watch all eight episodes streaming on Peacock TV. We'll <laughs> save that for another show. <laughs> gotcha. Dale Jr. Download is on TV. The uh, There'll be a re-air of the James Hinchcliffe episode Friday at 1.30 Eastern Time. So set your, what is DVRs? What is it these days? I don't know. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Set box. your uh, recorder, your box. NBC Set your picture that. box to record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James box. Hitchcliffe, Friday, 1.30 Eastern Time. For this show with Jimmy, um, hockey strikes again. But at least we'll be on right before Xfinity Series pre-race, Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Saturday morning, 11 a.m. for this Jimmy Johnson, Richard Childress, Richard Petty show. That's good. All right. Speaking of TV, we're back in the booth this weekend on NBCSN. I'm uh, doing the Xfinity race and the cup race on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then the cup race only on Sunday. The Xfinity race is at 12 noon. The start is at 1, uh, 12.30. Cup race on Saturday, 3.30 pre-race, 4 p.m. start. Uh, Sunday, cup race, 3.30 pre-race with a 4 p.m. start. The Xfinity race rolls off at 1 p.m. We don't have odd history today, but um, I did get a letter. Oh, really? From Ty Scott. So Ty Scott, we talked about this car. It's in the it's in the race car graveyard. I think it's from the 1981 Daytona 500. And I know that Tom Pistone owned the car. Ty Scott drove it, and it fenced. Uh, oh, that's the, right. Hard into the wall and turned to and it, and Ty Scott was injured, and I believe that was his last race. I think you're right. Number fifty nine. Well, Ty Scott sent us a letter. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. All right. His son Shane had shared the episode of Lost Speedways where we show the race car, episode eight. That's so neat. And um, it was his last ride, and and, uh, and he's very happy that we have the car in the woods. So he wants to tell us a little bit of the story. In 1982, Tom Pistone and him put together an effort to race in the Daytona 500. He had some engines. And Tom had the car, so they put the car and the engines together. They brought, they had a few buddies to go down to the racetrack. They were terrible off the truck and about 10 mile an hour too slow. He um, bought a motor from Junior Johnson for $17,000. Uh, they were scheduled to run the second 125-mile qualifier, and they were going to start 30th. 
on Thursday. The engine was being installed during the first qualifying race. Um, they left. <laughs> they they get out on the racetrack, and uh, he had no radio. Uh, they, yeah, if they needed to come down pit road, he was told just to look uh, under the pace laps to look for his pit board, and mm. that would be his pit stall, and they would call him in with the pit board. But they weren't planning to pit. They weren't planning to change tires. Um, so the race starts, and he says the car drove well. They did pit. Um, they changed the right rear tire, but didn't change the right front tire. Uh, finished 14th, made the race thrilled. They come down pit road, and he said he couldn't get it um, out of gear and had some issues because they weren't uh, they hadn't hooked up the clutch, the clutch and the shifter and all that stuff because they didn't have time. So, um, anyways, they make the race. They get a big he gets a big hug from Pistone and the crew. They laughed. Things are great. They're in the race. Tom Pistone found a crew to change tires for the race Sunday. He gave him six hundred bucks on Saturday. They never showed up. Oh wow! Oh. Um, <laughs> he says of the race they ran flat out in the draft, not doing too bad until they would have to pit. Um, the car would go up and down on the jack, and uh, he obviously by this point has a radio in the car. He's th- he says that the car was quick, uh, but he was wide open to hang with the lead draft or be, a- be able to-, to hang with those guys. And the car was getting extremely loose. So he's like, hey, you know, I'm a dirt track driver, and I'm driving this thing pretty loose, but it's it's bad, and I'm about to crash. And he says to Tom, he goes, Tom, why why is the car so loose? And Tom said, well, we changed all the tires but the right front. Uh, just try to make the next caution because we just didn't, we you know, they got a patched-together crew and couldn't get the right front tire changed. Um, so he's, I thought the right front tire blew. Yeah, that's what I always thought. But he says that he overcorrected a loose car, oh. hit the wall, and it knocked him unconscious. You know when a race car driver admits that. Yeah. That, you know, that's a tough thing for a race car driver to admit. So that's, that's the, end of the um He hit a ton, and that yeah. is in our episode. Uh, uh, and, and I remember watching that for the first time, and even the second time. Like that, that is one gnarly hit, man. And in Stroker Race. It is in Stroke Race, the movie. The little clip of the car kind of slamming against the wall, is just it? riding the fence. I didn't know that until recent. Yeah. Wow. That's neat. That's so cool hey. to get a letter from Ty Scott. Like, I know. From Ty him, Scott. addressed. That's probably his handwriting or whatever. Oh, he had a couple comments about Dad. Oh, really? Uh, that I left out. Hold on. First, let me tell you how much I respect uh, your father. He was definitely one of a kind, a great man, terrific driver, and someone who would stand up for what he held sacred. That was his comment for Dad. That's cool. Very cool. There's this other thing here. What? Oh, yeah. Matt, you set this up. What is this? What is this? So this is a gift from a... (laughs) It says Fragili. It says Fragili. It must uh, be from Italy. It It must be Italian. It is Italian, (laughs) yeah. Holy moly. I'm not taking it out of the box. It's delicate. So this is from... This is crazy. Sean... Yes. Actually, yeah, it's, I was it's about right there. to read the uh, wrong Sean person. Bo- uh, yeah. Yeah. I can't. T- see he makes this. custom die casts where he hand paints them and does all the details himself. Yeah, this is. Uh, so this is like really, is. really detail oriented uh, die cast. And that's what? Your last race? Yeah. What is it? I'm not touching it. At Homestead? Because I don't, I don't, I know how much work this guy's put into this thing, but. That's why I didn't take it out of the box, too. It's like, leave, wow. Leave it right that is pretty cool. That very much is for Dang, man. Yeah, anytime somebody does something custom like that, it's Ajini. super cool. Hey, we should scrap this final nugget because there's something there's something else that we need to do. Oh, well, we need to do yeah, something we else. We got to do something before the final nugget. Hold on. Let's a do this. Hold on. Wait, did you, have you read the final nugget? I have, but hold on. 
Oh, yes, sir. Look what's coming to Dale. Merry Christmas. Is it Christmas? Yeah, it is today, isn't it? What do we have here? Look at this. Oh, man. Now tell us, that. give us a play-by-play. All right. This is the new Washington football team helmet. Nice. Man, look at that thing. How did y'all get it? I mean, listen. <laughs> you, you know, if, if, if there's a helmet to be had, you're going you're gonna to get one, aren't you? Yeah. But this thing just came out. Well, let's see. They, uh, they announced it a couple weeks ago, probably. Is that right? Well, like what the new helmet would look like this year? Uh, yeah, just recently. Well, it, I can't even remember. I don't know how they do it. They've been announcing so many things within the organization over the last couple of uh, months. But, uh, yeah, so they removed the original logo, the older logo, and, and now they're just going with their numbers. Kind of an old old school feel to it. Yes. I love how clean it looks. It I know that um, <laughs> you either do not like Washington or you like Washington. There's no middle ground, right? So when I, so as a fan, I've experienced this. So I know a lot of people are like, I don't really care. Uh, but man, I had, I had like ten helmets, right? Yeah, of the of the, of the uh, old, former of yeah. the former, yes. And now I've got a, a, a I, had, I was like, man, I got to get a new one. I gotta. Uh-huh. Right? And so. I know that my um, I know that there's a few other. My wife's trying to get one, so I'm going to end up with a couple helmets. I think. Well, that I think that might be all part of it, right all there. The one you're helping. Yeah, all I think right. your wife had something to do with that one, and, uh, and some, some people, some people at the Redskins, obviously, really were already trying to hook you up, and so this at is the it. Washington football team. Yeah. I, did I just say you it? Did. I did. It's tough, man. It it's is. Tough. I've been saying okay. it for decades. It's we'll get there. Muscle memory, yeah. but we'll get there. So you've got – listen, I said to Dale Jr., I said, welcome to the numbered helmet club. I mean, yeah. i got my Georgia Southern helmet here with the number. i got the Alabama helmet up there with the number. That now, looks kind of good right this there, This belongs actually. on the table, does hey, it wait, not, that Dale? that looks good right it's, there. It, I'm going to have to take it home, guys. <laughs> oh, you're not going to take it home. Yeah. Let us enjoy it. The world wants to see the Washington football team with no name in the helmet. <laughs> I... Now, where are you going to put it at home? So, in the bedroom? I had four helmets. I had four helmets mounted on the wall in my basement, and I wanted. I want. I. I, uh, I took them all down. I got a couple of Tar Heel helmets up there now, mm-hmm. but I wanted. I wanted some of the new Washington helmets. Uh, this is a Ryan Kerrigan number ninety-one. Uh, they got a new draft pick that I'm excited about. That I was. I was hoping to maybe get one of his helmets at some point. But this thing is cool, man, and I'm. Uh, I'm thankful. That I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Good. Thankful. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I, I've I've been following them since 1982, and there's a ton of turnover and change and and good change in the organization now. And I know that a lot of people listening could care less because they're not fans of this team. <laughs> but it is what it is. Hey, they're I, fans of I'm you, a so. Fan. You know. Yeah. Um, they can talk about their team on their podcast. Yeah, they can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all, man. You guys are too good to me. We knew you'd like that, and there was no better time to give it to you than on the show. You guys right? are too, too nice. I feel terrible for being so hard on Duggar. I mean, not Duggar, but uh, Matthew earlier in the day. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. I mean, you know, that's fine. Um, that's our stick. <laughs> so um, we will do one final nugget. No birthday announcements this week. <laughs> All right, good show, guys. <laughs> Hell to the football show. team! Hell to Hell the football the, team! Hell to the football team! Yeah, you can do that. I don't mind it, man. I'm telling <laughs> you, whatever. I just hey, win on the field. Let's go. There you go, buddy. That's what it's all about.
Good All show. Right. Thanks, everyone. Oh, that wasn't going to be my. That, you, you did you it. Close it out. You no, close no, it out. You no, did. No, you, you, you finally did it. We wanted Mike, you to close last week. So, you wouldn't. This is so awkward. I did. Mike, we never get close. That's that's land natural, that was a natural and yeah. genuine comment, and that's exactly how you close the show. Okay. It doesn't have to be Dell. You get the last word. All right. Wait. Are you mocking me? Is that how I do? No. It? Yes, I, I think it, he just I think did. Making fun of me. You don't yeah. talk that deep. Yeah. He got a shot in. Shots fired. This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo.